Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. Thanks for joining me today. It is a, a really busy time of year here on the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus in Edmond, Oklahoma. Tonight, it is the Passover. So this is March 26th. The Passover is tonight. And then there's a regular weekly Sabbath also starting tonight. And then tomorrow night is the night to be much observed, which begins the seven-day Days of Unleavened Bread. So really the start of God's annual Holy Day plan, this plan that pictures the eventual salvation of all mankind according to God's perfect timing. But of course, this time of year is very well known among members of the Philadelphia Church of God for being a time of self-examination, of cleaning out all of our property as a type of putting away sin, and then focusing on the Passover lamb, the sacrifice who suffered and died for our sins. A lot of challenges normally come up for us at this time of year, but we also know that God never gives us a challenge that we can't handle. So as things get busy, as they have been lately, we really do feel fulfilled and satisfied of from all the things that we're going through and just trying to learn more about what God's way of life and live that way of life better. But have you ever really thought about how this challenging, chaotic world around you today relates directly back to the Garden of Eden? How really every aspect of society around us goes right back to the biblical book of Genesis, to the two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the tree of life. It's truly fascinating to, to think about this and to study into it. But it's not just the world around us, Satan's world around us, that relates back to the two trees. Also, God's entire master plan for man which, like I said, we're picturing starting tonight with the Passover, goes right back to those two trees as well. I'll just try to set the scene for you here a little bit. Genesis chapter 1 talks about God recreating the earth. This took place about 6,000 years ago. Now, there is scientific evidence to prove that the earth is actually older than 6,000 years. But the recreation of the earth took place 6,000 years ago. And in just one week, God renewed this destroyed planet. This planet that had been wrecked by the rebellion of Satan and the demons in just seven days, God separated light from darkness. He separated the bodies of water from the skies. He separated water from land. 
He gave us the, the sun, moon, and stars that light up the sky for us. He created plants. He created animals. And he created man. That took place on the sixth day, the creation of human beings. And then the seventh day he created by resting. He created the Sabbath day which to this very day, true Christians still observe. Every single week on the seventh day of the week, on a Saturday, so Friday night at sunset until Saturday night at sunset, plus the annual holy days, which are also Sabbaths, God's people still keep these days because God created this day by resting, even though God himself doesn't require rest. He is an immortal, never-fatiguing spirit being. He rested so that we would follow that example and rest on the seventh day as well. But right before creating the Sabbath, God did create mankind. And then Genesis chapter 2 shows how God had a one-on-one educational session with Adam. Imagine being there in this glorious environment of the Garden of Eden and being taught personally by the eternally existing God being the Word, one of two eternally existing God beings. So this God being himself is teaching you in the Garden of Eden the most glorious Stunning physical setting on earth ever. And this is what God told Adam. This was the real key to Adam's entire life. Which direction his life would take. Genesis 2, starting in verse 16, And the eternal God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die. Very clear instruction here. And it's pretty likely that this instruction, as recorded in Genesis chapter 2, is just a very brief summary of, of what Adam learned from God at that time. Now, this was likely the very first Sabbath service, you could say, or at least very close to that. And this is God teaching Adam, personally teaching Adam the right way. He says there's two trees. One of it is... Satan's way, and the other one is my way. There was no one else around to influence Adam at this time. He just had to listen to his own creator. Here is what the late educator and theologian Herbert W. Armstrong wrote in Mystery of the Ages. And this is just talking about what would happen if they chose wrong. So taking of its fruit, the fruit of the tree of death, you could say, was taking to themselves the knowledge of what is good and what is evil, deciding for themselves what is right and what is sin. 
This, of course, meant rejection of God's law, which defined for them the right and the wrong. So this tree was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And maybe it doesn't sound so bad, that title. But as Mr. Armstrong explained, it wasn't that they knew God's definition of good and evil if they took of that tree. It's that they decided for themselves what would be good and what would be evil. That was the problem with this tree. It was basically exalting themselves to the God level, taking, a, taking the authority to themselves to define good and evil. And of course, this is the decision that Adam and his wife, who was created right after this instruction from God, ended up making. This is the decision they made. And it's the decision that humankind has suffered from ever since. You can see Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the eternal God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yes, as God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the, tree, the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, it doesn't seem like God said anything about not touching the fruit. So, maybe Eve here was embellishing the instruction from God a bit, trying to make God look a bit more unfair. Uh, Genesis 3, verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. But again, not knowing God's definition of good and evil, inventing those definitions for themselves. Now, do we see that happening all around the world today? All around us are people deciding for themselves what is good and evil. Are things considered by society to be pretty good a couple decades ago now being canceled because they're considered evil today? Because human beings are constantly changing the standard of good and evil? Because there's no set definition of these words in their minds? Yes, of course that is happening. Good isn't really good because to them, the definition of good can change next Tuesday. They can totally contradict today's version of the word good. They can update the standard because to themselves, they are gods. They decide what's right and wrong. And that's why the world is insane because their standards make no sense and are constantly changing. This is the source of every human problem. Humans just making up for themselves what is right and what is wrong. Now Genesis 3 puts on display what we could call the scientific method that is commonly practiced by the intellectuals, the philosophers, the scientists of our day. 
Now, the very first thing that Adam and Eve had to do to follow Satan here, to accept his version of events, to take his pitch over God's, was to reject God's revelation. You see, God had already explained to Adam which tree was good and which one was evil, which one would lead to life and which one would lead to death. This tree of life, it wasn't like it was some kind of magical fruit where they could eat it and the fruit itself contained some type of component that would allow them to live forever. No, this tree was symbolic of real life, of God's Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit is life. That's, that's found in Romans 8 verse 10. So they had a chance to accept the power of God flowing through them or to let Satan work on their human reasoning and basically try to anoint themselves God. And, of course, they chose wrong. And this is the beginning of the scientific method in practice to this day. They started out by rejecting God's revelation. They did not care that God had already showed them the right way to go. They had their own methods. They had their own tactics for discovering the right way. And it started with disregarding what their own creator told them. So they rejected revelation. Then they used observation. Just notice how this is exactly what scientists in general do today. Not all of them, but the majority, the vast majority. They used observation. You can see here, verse 6, how the woman saw that the tree was good for food. It was pleasant to the eyes. And then they used experimentation. After she observed that the, the fruit looked good, she took of it and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. So, they rejected revelation from God. They used observation. They used experimentation. And then, finally, they drew the conclusion with their own human reasoning that they were somehow better off. They felt like they had done the right thing. Even though they immediately lost all their innocence, they had been naked in the garden until that point, and all of a sudden they were ashamed once they ate of the wrong tree. They lost their innocence. They became afraid of talking to God anymore. Clearly they, they were not as happy as they had been. But they used this false scientific method still in practice today of rejecting revelation observation, experimentation, and human reasoning. Again, something we still see in practice today. This explains so much of the world around us, doesn't it? This is how humans in general make their decisions. This is how we so often, even when we know better, decide to make decisions because of our weaknesses because of our sins, we follow this wrong scientific method every time we break God's law. 
when we start to think we know better, that somehow our human reasoning that justifies the sin to us is more credible and reliable than God's revelation. Now, just notice this. This is a very small section of an article from the September-October 1996 Philadelphia Trumpet written by Mr. Stephen Flurry, and it's titled, Is God Fair? Now, what I'm talking to you about today, that's a totally different subject than this one, but within this article is just really some thought-provoking content about all the different things that took place in God's master plan because of this decision by Adam and Eve. It really is fascinating to think about this. Here, Mr. Flurry, Mr. Stephen Flurry wrote, It was decreed that the one who became Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, would eventually be crucified as payment for the penalty that sin has brought upon mankind. So because of this brief interaction between Adam, Eve, and Satan, Genesis chapter 3, Jesus Christ was condemned to death thousands of years in advance. Now, you wouldn't necessarily think that such a quick passing interaction would lead to this type of devastating punishment or penalty to be paid. Revelation 13 verse 8 says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life, of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So from the foundation of the world, right after the first human beings were created by God, and they made that wrong choice, this, this Lamb was slain. Jesus Christ was guaranteed to suffer and die right when Adam and Eve made this wrong decision. When they chose the tree of death over the tree of life, it literally did require death. That's the penalty for sin. Romans 6 verse 23 shows that. The penalty for sin is death. And the only way that we human beings could avoid dying at the end of physical life and then just staying dead forever is by our creator paying that penalty for us. Now, we humans still die physically, but that's not real death because there is life after death. And the only reason there is life after death for us is because of this sacrifice of Christ, which, again, we commemorate tonight during the Passover. We think deeply on the magnitude of that incredible sacrifice. So this is just one thing that took place, that was guaranteed to take place because of the two trees, because of this interaction with Satan the devil in the Garden of Eden. Mr. Flurry, Mr. Stephen Flurry writes in this article, Traditional Christianity rarely even discusses these points except for the first one, talking about the one I just told you about the Passover. 
You may hear about Jesus Christ dying for our sins, but you will not hear about these next points. So we'll get into these now. There is this misconception that Passover really is the end of God's plan. Christ already went ahead and paid the penalty for sin for us, and so now we can just do whatever we want, apparently. We can live our lives however lawlessly we want to because the penalty isn't really real anymore. Because all we have to do at any point during our physical lives is just say that we believe in the existence of Christ and then we go to heaven. That's what we're told by traditional Christianity. They, they purposely disregard everything that is set in motion right here at the two trees, everything that is supposed to take place in God's plan after the Passover, there is really so much more than just Christ dying. He came back to life, which is really a good indication for us of what we're trying to achieve as well. So here's another thing that happened back at those two trees. This is Mr. Stephen Flurry writing in this article, Is God Fair? The foundation for this present evil world was established and ruled invisibly by Satan. This is a point that people probably don't think about very much. Who is in charge of the world today? Who has been in charge of the world for the past 6,000 years or so? 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. You see, Satan is the one who wants to prevent people from seeing the light, from understanding the gospel of Christ, the good news of God's coming kingdom. Satan is the one who is the God of this world, and is shutting minds off to God's truth. Now, of course, God, in a way, has also done that at the Garden of Eden. But Satan is the one actively trying to prevent humans from coming anywhere near any type of hope in this life, any anticipation of a better future. Satan is destroying minds and lives every single day. And it's because he's in charge over the earth. If he had no power over the earth, then the problems we see would not be so destructive all around us. Here's another thing that happened at those two trees. Because of Adam and Eve making the wrong decision. It was appointed that man should die, and after that, the resurrection and judgment. So, it does bring into question what would have happened at the end of Adam and Eve's physical lives. I'm not totally clear on that. I don't know if it's ever been definitively stated. But for sure, once they made the wrong choice, they absolutely were going to at least die physically. 
1 Corinthians 15, verse 22, says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So yes, physical death is guaranteed for every human being. Because Adam and Eve chose the tree of death. That makes sense. But because of Christ's sacrifice, it's not a permanent death. Physical death is not the death to be afraid of. People today should not be so afraid of physical death. The planet wouldn't be locked down if people weren't so afraid of physical death. That is not the real death to fear. There is a resurrection after death. There is a time when all human beings will be judged for what they've done on earth. Thankfully, most people don't know any better, and they'll be given even more time to learn God's way before receiving true judgment. They'll have a a fair chance to choose God's way of life. Now here's one more thing that, that happened at the two trees. The Holy Spirit was cut off from mankind in general. No longer was it given freely. From that point forward, God's Holy Spirit was offered only to those called out of this world for a special purpose. John 6 verse 44. And only God himself, not even Jesus Christ, can call people out and offer them this spirit power. Only the select few in God's church today have access to that Holy Spirit power. But very soon, all mankind, according to God's timing, will have a chance to use that power. And wow, what a different world it will be. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.